Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Our opening prayer this evening comes... This is a little hot. Can you turn that down just a little bit? Our opening prayer this evening comes from a devotional resource that you'll find out on the Narthex table, uh, Seek God for the City, that we're using with dozens of other congregations, uh, both locally here and uh, thousands of others around the United States, to pray during Lent for a variety of uh, places and people. Psalm 27 says, When you said, Seek my face, My heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, shall I seek. In the fog and frenzy of too busy living, Lord, we hear the muffled sound of Your voice calling like background noise. Although we've ignored You before, today we hush our hearts long enough to respond to You. You were calling us, Come, come closer. Come seek my face. Our hearts answer back, welling up, leaping to find words. Yes, I'm coming. I will seek your face. This really is the deepest longing of our hearts. This is what we were made for, to know you by being near you. We seek you because you first sought us. We've seen our hearts ignite before, blazing for a moment, then quickly fizzling out. But if you keep calling, we will keep coming. 
In Matthew 17, we hear how Jesus led three of his disciples up on a high mountain, and a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, only you can lead us to God. We've wondered if nearness to God is something reserved for spiritual mystics. But if you bring us, we will come with you just as we are. As we stand with you, listening, we can sense the Father's immense love for you. Persuade our hearts that the Father desires to enfold us in the same love he has for his Son. Lord, we ask that you would reveal your great love by showing us how much you love your Son. We ask that you would guide people to follow Jesus because of your love for us. Help us to abandon our attempts to please God by how well we do. Instead, guide our hearts to you. Awaken our hearts to desire you above all things. Lord, tonight we lift up to you especially people who are homeless. We ask that you would give them relief and shelter, food and health care, that you'd give them hope for the future, wise counsel and trustworthy friendship, protection from the risks of life on the streets, and that you would help them find employment, housing, and restored family life. Lord, we pray all these things in the precious name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Our gospel reading tonight is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, Do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. We respond to God's word through the affirmation of faith, which is printed in your bulletin. We believe in God, the one who comes before us and goes behind us, creating life and opportunities to love and care for the whole world he has created. We believe in Jesus Christ, who walks with us into real life each and every day. He is God, yet human like us and experienced all that life has in store for us, joys, physical and mental and spiritual pains, and all of life's challenges. But his life is so great that not sin nor suffering nor even death 
could stop him from laying down his life for us. Today, the love of Jesus lives and continues to bring new life to the world. We believe in the Holy Spirit who comes like the wind and blows in and through us to bring God's power and light to all the world. The Spirit breathes life into us, the body of Christ we call the church, and enables us to follow the way of Jesus Christ. We believe in God who goes before and behind, with, in, and through us, bringing us hope, life, and the newness of life to the whole world. ask all the, the kids to come up at this time, and you can have a seat right on the, the steps here, and we'll share a little bit with you. So feel free to come up at this time. Yeah. Good to have all of you here, and I, I hope that uh, we can have all of you back again week after week during our Lenten messages and our services and, and others uh, maybe that can come along with you. So, and each week we're going to have a special children's message and have something that you can bring home, including tonight. So I'm going to ask you a question here to start with. What are some things that you do every single day? What, what do you do every day? Wake up. That's good. That's a, yes. What else? Eat. You do eat every day, hopefully. Yes. What? What else? What else? Yeah. yeah. All all kinds of things to eat, right? You're right. Anything else? Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. That's important. Yeah. What else? Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. You learn all kinds of new things at school. Well, one thing that uh, that you did. What, what are you going to say? What, what do you do every day? Huh? Play, all right. That's important too. And and when you play, sometimes you're doing a lot of exercise. And whether you're kids or whether you're adults, you know it's important to do some kind of exercise every day. This isn't too heavy. Is this heavy for you? Is it not, not too heavy? Okay. Well, that's good. You think you could you could go like this with it? You think you could do that? Are you that strong? Oh man, you have lots of muscles. That's that's great. Well, you know. If, if a person uh, uses weights or, or does other types of exercises once a month, do you think their muscles will be very strong? No. Get your muscles real strong. How often do you have to exercise? Every day. Every day, don't you? Okay. And that's important because we're healthier um, when we're stronger like that and keep doing exercise. Do you know, boys and girls, that we can exercise our faith as well? Have you ever thought about that? How do we exercise our faith in Jesus? What can we do? What would you say? We can pray. Okay. There's a number of things, but that's what we're going to talk about tonight because that's our theme for tonight and for the weeks ahead. And uh, sometimes we don't think about exercising our faith, but when we pray, we get stronger spiritually because uh, we're talking with God and he wants to, to hear those prayers and, and he wants to, to have, us, have us have that communication with him. Now, if prayer is important for every day, I want to encourage you tonight and I'm going to give each of you up here a little booklet Pastor Kurt was talking about Seek God for the City for the Adults. This is the same type of thing, but it's for, for kids. And it starts tonight, Ash Wednesday, and goes all the way through Palm Sunday, 40 days. And it has a, a simple prayer for every single day of these next 40 days. Do you think you guys could pray every day for 40 days? you think you could do that? I bet you could. Maybe your mom and dad can help you, too, with some of the words if you can't read it all. But I'm going to give you this as you go back today. And you can open up and start even tonight before you go to bed. You could read that little prayer, okay? And there's, there's something that we can pray about at the bottom here. And, and you can do that. And I bet that at the end of 40 days, you will be stronger spiritually because you've been praying every single day, just like you do other kinds of exercises every day, okay? And I'm going to have uh, uh, Zachary come up and help me. 
in order to uh, remind you about the fact that you are called to be a prayer warrior, uh, we're going to give you a little tattoo. Parents, don't worry, it's just not permanent, but um, okay. And we're going to put it right on your wrist here, and, and you tell me what, what it is, what you can see, okay? Can you see anything there? See what it is? <laughs> is, it, is it coming off? Did it, here, I'll do one more. There you, oh, you can see it. Okay. Okay. If you can look. You can. It probably probably takes a little bit for you to be able to see what 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 is on your wrist. What is it? That, what is it? Praying hands, right? And uh, this tattoo probably will wash off tonight. But I hope that between now and the time maybe you go to bed tonight, you'll look at that a bunch of times on your wrist and remember that you're called now to be a prayer warrior for these next forty days and beyond. And uh, every Wednesday, when you come up, we'll either give you a mark or a sticker, and you can put the sticker on, on, on uh, wherever and remind you, too, that, that during these 40 days, God is calling you to do something very special. So let's ask him in prayer right now to help us. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity during this holy season to be prayer warriors and to exercise our faith. And we pray that whether we're kids or adults, that we would use this time to to really exercise that faith that you've given us and to become aware of your whisper in our hearts and your communication to us day by day. So bless these young people as they do this in these days to come. In your name we pray. Amen. As you go back, I'll give you these prayer booklets. And like I said, if your mom and dad can help you, that would be fine too. Okay. There you go. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Hard to believe that we're at the beginning of Lent again for 2014, and we're glad that you are here. This is a special time of the year, and and I, I don't know about you, but uh, through the years I've really appreciated the time to just to be together in the quietness of a Wednesday evening after a busy day and just uh, reflect on on what the Lord would have for us and to, to grow in him. And, and so I hope that each of you can be a part of these services each week as we center our thoughts around the power of a whisper, the whisper of God. And we're going to be talking about different aspects of how God communicates with his people. Um, maybe you've wanted God to speak to you about something you're trying to decide or something you're going through. And these weeks we're going to talk about that, how we can sense God's uh, communicating with us. Tonight we will have Holy Communion as we normally do on Ash Wednesday around the altar railing here. Um, if you would rather not uh, climb the steps, just as you're ushered down the front aisle, uh, just uh, be seated in the front pew here. And when we're done around the altar, uh, we will come down and serve communion to you. And if you'd like communion uh, in the pew, we're happy to do that too. Just uh, mention that to one of the ushers. Each Wednesday night following the service... You're welcome to stay around a little while. I know there's many parents that will be staying, waiting for their kids who are in the Trinity class or confirmation um, uh, until 8.30. And you're welcome to be in the narthex and, and uh, visit with each other during that time following our service. Each Wednesday night, beginning next Wednesday night, we will have a light 
uh, Lenten Supper downstairs uh, beginning at 6 o'clock, and you're welcome to be a part of that time, too. Each week, different organizations in our church will be serving a light supper and, and various kinds of foods, so uh, feel free to come early for that. Following our service tonight, too, the choir will be practicing, and, and the classes, as I mentioned, will be meeting. And then we want you to be aware of the World Day of Prayer service this Friday morning. Uh, Emmanuel is hosting it this year. It revolves around the different churches of Story City, and we're glad that uh, this, this year we can host it. It begins at 9 o'clock with coffee and registration, and the service is um, 9.30 to 11 or 11.30. As I mentioned to the kids, um, we're, we're dealing with uh, the theme of Seek God for the City in our prayers during these weeks. If, uh, if you haven't picked up your copy of the adult version of this 40-day prayer guide, you're welcome to do that uh, following the service. There's still plenty of them on the table in the narthex. If you want to give a donation for it, fine. Otherwise, don't worry about it. Just pick one up and, and use it. It begins today, like I said, and carries you in a time of daily prayer all the way to Palm Sunday. A lot of different prayers and a lot of different themes in here, so you're welcome to uh, pick one up. There's also on that same table a, a little track uh, concerning the Son of God movie that's in theaters right now. Some of you maybe have already have seen it. If not, I hope you do, and maybe invite someone else to bring it, uh, to come along with you, uh, or just to give a track to someone who uh, may, may need some encouragement and, and maybe would go on their own to the, the movie um, that talks about the theme of the movie. You can give these out, too. There's plenty of them in the narthex. I believe those are all the announcements tonight. We're going to continue then as we call upon our ushers to wait upon us. Dear friends in Christ, over the years I've had many of the confirmants ask me a question, and that is, Pastor, how in the world do you decide what to preach on on every, any given Sunday? Well, I mention usually that I certainly look over the, the texts uh, that are assigned to that, uh, that Sunday and then read through them carefully, maybe more than once. And it's, I, I tell the confirmants, it seems like, even if it's a familiar passage, certain words or certain themes always kind of jump out at me. And it's like they're, they're touching my spirit in a new way, even if I've read those words many, many times. It seems like those thoughts and those feelings and those nudges become kind of a whisper from God. Nothing audible, nothing dramatic, but it's just kind of a little nudge, a little whisper from God. It's like he's trying to, to break through from heaven, saying, Stefan, wake up. This is what I want you to share with the people this coming week. And you know what? That whisper is often confirmed when I hear people say that 
the theme for that sermon was just what I needed for what I was going through in my life. And it makes me feel so good that God is communicating to us in that way as well. Well, in his book, The Power of a Whisper, Bill Hybels writes, Throughout history, God has spoken, indeed has spoken. For millennia, he has forged his children's faith by empowering unlikely leaders. And there's no better example of that in Scripture than the story of Elijah. For he goes to great length to prove this point that God wants to communicate with his people in ways that we may not even understand or consider. There was a time in Elijah's Elijah's remarkable ministry that he was ready to call it quits. He felt alone and very unproductive. As the story goes, Elijah trekked out into the desert and eventually collapsed from exhaustion, and he took shelter under a, a shade tree there in the desert. Soon, an angel appeared to him and told him that he would experience the presence of God to encourage him to carry on with his journey, with his ministry. Well, the next day, near a mountain that he was called to go to, there was a hurricane-force wind that, that came past Elijah where he was. That's probably God, Elijah thought to himself. That's the most powerful wind I've ever experienced. But the text says, but God was not found in the hurricane or in the wind. Next came a full-fledged mountain-trembling earthquake. But again, God was not in the earthquake. Then a fire blazed across the side of the mountain. But God was not to be found in the fire. Finally, the text says, Following the fire came a gentle and quiet whisper. And amazingly, that's where Elijah found God's word for him. In the whisper, he experienced the true presence of God. And I thought about that. And it is true that when we are quiet before the Lord, it's much easier to hear his whisper. He reminds us in our gospel text tonight that that is the case. He writes, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. In other words, stop talking and listen for the whisper of God. That's what we want to talk about tonight and in the weeks ahead. For our world is very noisy. Our lives are very busy. And we have to ask ourselves, and I certainly have to ask myself, am I quiet enough during the day to hear the whisper of God? When I was in the middle of my seminary studies long ago now, I was getting pretty down, wondering if this is what I was supposed to do with my life, and feeling that that God was just a long ways away. But as I called out to the Lord, it seemed like in various ways he whispered to me, and he said to me, you've been spending too much time in the books, and not enough time in worship and prayer. My faith, you see, for a time there, I think, had become kind of an intellectual exercise. And I had forgotten that God also wanted me to experience his power and his protection and his love in a very personal way, something I was not taking time for because it was important to get all my homework done. I needed a balance in my life. And maybe today you can identify with that, that maybe your life spiritually is out of balance a little bit. Maybe you're pushing uh, certain things too much into your time frame and not enough 
over here, experiencing God's personal touch and his whisper to you. Bill Heibel writes that Elijah learned a similar lesson. He says, Elijah found out that God is all-powerful and holy and majestic. But what stunned Elijah on the side of that mountain, and what continues to stun people even today, is that the same God who is, yes, all-powerful and all-knowing and everywhere, yearns to be in relationship with us. The God of the scriptures is, is certainly communal, and relational, and whispers to his people over and over again. Now, if you study the major religions of the world, you will discover that most of them rely on the impersonal relationship with some deity. Everything is built on beliefs that are to be mastered and and codes and rituals that are to be followed perfectly. That's what the religion is all about. And maybe if you do all those things good enough, then maybe you'll receive some kind of reward. But the stuff of genuine relationship between God and humankind is nowhere to be found, except for Christianity. It's different with our faith. You don't get very far in the pages of Scripture before you begin to see evidence of God's whispering way. Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God in the garden. God spoke to Noah about building a ship. Abraham heard the words of God's promises that he would move to a new land and have a son. Moses heard the voice of God from a bush that wouldn't stop burning. An angel of the Lord spoke to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and to Joseph, her husband. God even whispered or spoke to Jesus, his son, as we talked about last Sunday in the sermon on that Mount of Transfiguration where that voice came out clear. It wasn't a whisper that day. It came out loud and clear. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Well, it's obvious from Scripture that there was intimacy between God and his people. And Bill Hybels writes, he says, One whisper from God alone has compelled many Christ followers across the globe to leave the lives they know and avail themselves of an adventure that could only be orchestrated by God. I've known, he says, executives, accountants, mechanics, teachers, full-time students, and people of many other professions who one day decide to radically shift gears in favor of following a whisper from God. Leaving the lives they New behind, they embark on a journey that only God himself could have dreamed up. They go because they know it was God's leading. He writes, by the still small voice of God, our lives can be flooded with personal assurance, correction, insight, and guidance from above. By our Heavenly Father's wisdom, we are directed and changed and eventually grow up and mature in him. Have any of you needed some guidance lately or direction in your life or some extra power? Well, have you been listening to God's whispers in your life? If there is a pattern in Scripture regarding whispers, it is that we serve a communicating God, a God of words. He created with the the word the beginning of Genesis. He healed with his word. He encouraged with his word. He rebuked with his word and he comforted with his word. Throughout all of history, God has communicated with his people and he's still doing that today. And we need to ask ourselves, have I been listening? For you see, it's not whether or not God is speaking, it's whether or not we have ears that hear what he is saying to us. Well, I know there are times in my life that I don't listen. There are times in my life that I don't obey the whispers of God. But I realize that after I have walked away maybe from the advice of God, I come back knowing that that's where I should be because that's where I can find insight and direction for my life. 
For, for I realize many times in my life that it's not by accident that certain ideas or thoughts flow through my head. And then I say, oh, you know, that makes sense. I'll do that or that. And sometimes I think, boy, that was good I had that thought. Instead of saying, thank you, God, for that thought you'd put in my heart and mind. Do you think your thoughts are just random? Or is it possible that God is trying to communicate with you in some way? Bill Hybels writes, when you find yourself in a state of confusion or uncertainty in life, he says, go ahead and and ask God if there's something he'd like to say to you. Open your hands and your heart and heighten your attentiveness to any small way he might be trying to communicate with you. I have come to believe over time that these little acts of obedience that invite God's power will allow that power to come and flow through our lives in a multitude of ways, including giving us that wisdom to make a decision that's kind of tough to make. When you and I prove ourselves faithful in those little responses to God's whispers, then he entrusts us with bigger ones down the road. Well, sometimes we may ask, who am I to be giving, given speaking rights with the God of the universe? Why would God listen to me anyway and, and talk to me? Well, Jesus, I think, tried to answer those questions. And I can just imagine him saying these kind of words to his disciples. If you knew how strong my father's love was for you, it would alter your entire spiritual orientation. You would give him all of your life. You would entrust him with your days and weeks. You would strain to hear his voice. My father is available, Jesus would tell us today. He is approachable, and he is waiting to talk to you. We need to keep in mind that the group in front of Jesus that day when he was talking about this uh, heard his words with great surprise. The idea that ordinary people could talk directly to God, God was beyond anything they could imagine. It was staggering. It went against hundreds of years of tradition that said that they needed an intermediary to talk to God for them. They certainly couldn't do it on their own. But Jesus is saying to them and to you and I tonight that you don't have to jump through any hoops. There are no rituals or sacrifices to tend to through some other person. You can come boldly before the Father's throne and receive an audience with the Almighty God. This is really the work that Christ came to do when he came to this earth, and that's what we talk about a lot during the season of Lent, his journey to the cross, the cross that allowed his blood to be shed. He became our Passover lamb, and now we can talk directly to God because of that blood that was spilled for us. There's no red tape, you see, between you and God tonight. He is available, and he is approachable. And he stands ready to talk to you, even if you haven't talked to him for quite a while. So talk to him now as you prepare for Holy, Holy Communion. And talk to him tonight and hopefully each day this week and this month. And then listen as he whispers back to you. Amen.
you please join me in the prayer of confession, which you'll find in your bulletin. Great and forgiving Lord, you know our deepest thoughts. We have sinned against you. We have tried to hide ourselves from you. We have followed too much the path that was easy and have done whatever we desired. We have failed to praise you with our words and deeds and have ignored the needs of others. Even though we have known your will for our lives, we have failed to follow it. Grant us your mercy as we express our regret for what we have done. Grant us courage and strength to put away all harmful things. Lead us to live each day so that others may come to honor your name. Amen. Rejoice that in the eyes of God we are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Leave your past, close the door, and turn with hope to the future. Let Christ rule in your life. We are indeed a forgiven people. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering our Lord's life, death, and resurrection, we pray our Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come, for all is ready.